Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 100. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. We've made it to the triple digit episode numbers, y'all. And we couldn't have done it without you wonderful people to bring me in. Who's like literally the catalyst. The man who has been here for most of the 100 episodes, like probably 90 six of them <laughs> the best damn coast in the land elijah mf newsom yes um i'm here i'm excited to be here man the 100's huge and like greg said uh this wouldn't have happened without your support um i know there's a lot of loyal listeners uh who, who've been with us since the beginning who've interacted with us on twitter uh sent us emails sent us um really good criticism that has put the that pushed the podcast forward and i don't know man it, it is it's super dope to just be in this position to be like 100 episodes i mean greg i know you and i remembered this you know you probably remember this but when we started greg and i talked about you know what this looks like and we were basically trying to just get through 15 episodes um and try not to get bored of doing this and it's wild that we're at 100 yeah year and a half in that is crazy yeah exactly yeah, it's been a lot of fun too. Like it's uh I think doing this for a club like Man City wouldn't be as fun as Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Atlanta United guys don't have as much fun as we do cuz there's just not there's not as much drama to talk. I mean, just this since this podcast alone, we've talked about three no, four different maybe five different transfer takeovers. Like <laughs> Yeah, since this podcast has started, which is just like I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone else has done that. It's just yeah, you're right. Like a Man City podcast, yeah, you get to talk about Champions League, but at the end of the day, it's like oh no, we have we have Pep Guardiola and we have <laughs> Raheem Sterling. Uh, Your podcast would just winning? be a, a tactics podcast, like that's yeah, all honestly. Ours, which hey, if you're interested in that, then we could do a tactics podcast yeah, for the fans. We could. I mean, not me, Greg probably. Maybe. But, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> We're actually going to we'll get see. into some tactics today. Oh. We're going to get into a lot of things because it's our hundredth yeah. episode, and y'all deserve that. Elijah, yes. uh, I if don't somebody think they asked for it, hasn't listened to this podcast before, where do they follow you? Um. So if you want to follow me, and um, I've got some really good tweets going out. And honestly, I don't know why I keep plugging my Twitter because I actually don't tweet that much about Newcastle because I tweet so much about Newcastle from my other accounts. Um, but if you want to follow me, at Elijah underscore Newsom is where you can find me. Um, I tweet about a lot of things, uh, mostly funny things. So if you like that, hit me up on the Twitters. Greg, where can they follow you? Well, I said it, but oh. NUFC underscore Greg. But follow this account at chn underscore radio and the father account which is 
known briskly as coming home in UFC. Well, yes. We are here because we have to do a couple things. We have to talk about the last 100 episodes and yeah. the next 100 episodes. Mm. And being four points from a European place and beating Sheffield United two to nothing on a Thursday night in Sheffield. That's the Newcastle United way now. Yeah. What's you on a cold, rainy night in? It's not. I don't think it was raining, but a cold night in Sheffield. Could Newcastle do it? The answer is yes. Yeah, they could do it. Ooh. And I'm in love. I'm Shout in... out to just real quick, Greg. Obviously not Newcastle related. But shout out to the anyone who's a Chicago Bears fan because Mitch Trubisky just broke like three guys' ankles and had a twenty yard touchdown run. So uh yeah, the Cowboys suck. <laughs> so if you're if you're new to this podcast, frequently Thursday night football is on yes. while this podcast is on. Yeah, it wouldn't so be a one hundred episode song. without a little interruption. Yes. With American yes. football. Of course now, the real football. <laughs> now we so, so there's, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm actually pretty excited from a tactic standpoint because nerd. I think, yeah, I think Bruce is getting it all right, guys. I think it's happening, and we'll talk about that more. I'll, I'll go probably on a tangent at some point, but okay. before we start, we're gonna we're gonna do things a little different, just a tad, and go into a little a hundred episode special here. Instead of club news, there's not like notable club news, um, but we're gonna we're gonna start with some good stuff, and I'll hit I'll start with the hard ones, Elijah. Okay. We're gonna do things in Newcastle United, things in the club mm-hmm. that will last within our next 100 episodes. So you're thinking a year and a half from now. Okay. Um, will these players? Will these things actually still be happen- happening in the club? within our next 100 episodes of CHM Radio. Mm. All right? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to ask you okay. is about a player. He's on loan right now. Okay. League one, Rolando Ahrens. Man, will he be here for – with? I don't think so. Um, it, it's just time to move on. Uh, it, it's unfortunate for him, but he's been given so many opportunities, and and I think pretty much every manager has tried to get him heavily involved in preseason, but he just he's just not cut out for it. Um, he, yeah, and, and he was involved in this preseason too. Yeah, he just is not very good, and it sucks because he's a he's a great guy and probably really fun to be around. But I mean, the Premier League's not always about having fun guys to be around. <laughs> It's it's about performing when it matters, and that's why we criticize Miguel Almiron. That's why we criticized until today Alan St. Maxman. That's why we we get on Joel Linton, and that's why we have to criticize Rolando Aarons. He won't be at this club much longer. So uh, I'd say he's sold next summer. So, yeah, no, not not in the next 100 episodes. He will not be here. Okay. Love it. Love the start. There's actually a pretty good interview. Uh, Did you see this interview with Chris Woff and Rolando Aarons? No, I did not. It was pretty good. He just talked about his rise and like how he grew up in a pretty poor neighborhood in England and uh, his Jamaican roots and his Jamaican like culture and upbringing and his decision to come to Newcastle. He actually got an offer from Leeds, but he wanted he chose Newcastle because of the Premier League status of the club and how 
like he talked about his debut and he actually was promised his debut against Manchester United by Alan Pardew and called all of his friends and family and bought tickets for his family to come to the game and they got to like an hour and a half before and he saw the match day squad and he wasn't named in the 18. <laughs> yeah. And that's tough. He was kind of sulking about it. And one of his assistant coaches came up and said, Hey, like if you want a chance to ever play for Newcastle, you better stop that right now. And so he said, just, I just picked my head up and kept playing. And eventually he got his opportunity. Um, and he even got a goal in the prem, but obviously there's, there's a lot of a big decline with Rolando Aarons. And he talks a lot about that too. And just trying to what go ahead. I was going to ask, I mean, I think this is something we've really never talked about because he just hasn't been relevant enough to talk about. Do you think it's a mental thing with him? Yeah, so that, um, that was that actually it's... brought up in the interview. Okay. Um, so he, th- there was a lot of desperation to play for him, and because he wasn't getting that opportunity, he, he really got down on himself. And that's why he took these very weird loans. Um, because he there were... It was between him and a couple other players to making the squad. And then at the last minute, he found out that he wasn't going to make the squad. So most of the England teams were set up. So he, had, he went elsewhere to loans. And one of them was in a super late in the transfer window. So he went to the club in Czech Republic, which is the club Martin Dubrovka played at. And that's why he got to connect there. And the club in Italy that he played at was one of Rafa's assistant coaches, former clubs. So, like, he, he yep. went to loans because of connections. And he said that, like, like when he was in Serie A, he said it was amazing. He played at San Siro twice and incredible time. But he, he was like, I realized that, like, I was stuck in a hotel. I didn't live in a house. Like, it, it was just, like, mentally, like, I wasn't in the right place because, like, you know, I come back to my hotel room every night. Like, it never felt like I was settled. And I was like, come on, man. It kind of reminds me of Markel Fultz, where it's just like sometimes you just need a, a like a, a literal change of club. And yet loaning is one thing, but if he gets sold to a club that values him and places value on him and gives him an opportunity, yeah. where it, you know I think that's going to be a good mental reset for him. I mean, I could see him getting sold to you know a championship club or I mean upper tier League One club and just absolutely balling out there. If they really feel like they need him and they want him, and I don't know, I just think that would, that's the best case scenario for him at this point. I think just I do think mentally, if he's at Newcastle, there's just so much that's been against him while he's been here that I don't think he's ever going to reach his potential at Newcastle. Yeah, but yeah, do you have another player? Oh yeah, Sean Longstaff. Next 100 episodes, will he be here? I, I mean, I say yes. Uh, yes. I I, just, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be here. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. Like people can get on me because the play of John Joe Shelby has been ridiculous, um, especially today. But uh, Sean Longstaff is the best youth prospect to come out of Newcastle in, in the last probably ten years, um, and so uh, there's just Andy no. <laughs> okay, fine. N- the last seven years. No, well, no, I think you're right because I mean he no, it did ten years because that'd be twenty two thousand nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're, so, you're right. I wasn't like, but I'm correct. saying like if okay, yeah, it, yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. But the the point still stays the same. He's a really good prospect for Newcastle, and I'm sure they're going to do whatever it takes to keep hold of him. Um, he's also just he's young enough to, um, 
it's just like it would what you know by the time it's next year he'll be 22 and there's opportunities for him to move up in the world but his next step I don't think is going to come till he's about 24 25 where he's really figured out the Premier League and is a regular first team starter um where he's not trying to compete with John Joe Shelby it's just him and he's he's still got some things to work on uh so I think that he'll be here for at least the next 100 episodes now if you ask me if he's going to be here within the next 200 episodes that's a different question altogether yeah. Um, literally, because it's 200 instead of 100. But actually, because there's a chance that he could get sold within the next two to three years. All what right. about you, dude? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I really hope he is. Um, I'm in for it. Um, I'm going to go through. Let's just do a shorter one here, because I think okay. we all know the answer. Ki Sung Young. Oh, I, I'd say no. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's made it. He's might have he's made one appearance for Steve Bruce thus far. Um, it's nothing against him. I mean, he's on the wrong side of thirty. Uh, he was a good depth signing for last year, and that's that's kind of his role right now is a depth signing. But uh, with the emergence of Matty Longstaff and the fact that Matty Longstaff's been consistently named to the eighteen, it's uh it's looking like the cards are on the table. Yeah, for Keyson, it yeah. seems like he's on the depth chart behind John Joe Hayden, Sean, Matty. Is that it? Is he fifth or fifth midfielder? Yeah, I mean, you could even throw Henri Saive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you walked right into that one, Henri Saive. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like his contract has to be ending soon. There's a, there's a few guys, uh, Jack Colbeck, Henri Saive, Alcroft Lazar, who were just not the best signings, and their contracts should be up. Because even if we gave them five-year deals... Well, not even if we get, but if we if we gave them three to five year deals, those deals have to be running out at some point. So yeah, I think those three are finally all gone uh, next summer, uh, <laughs> especially Lazar and Colback. Uh, Colback's going to have a job somewhere, um, just not at Newcastle. I mean, he's a perfect championship player, and Akraf Lazar. We all know Inter Miami FC will be making a move. Well, actually, sorry, Orlando City FC will be making uh, Orlando City SC will be making a move for him uh in the summer so uh yeah yeah um okay my next one so i definitely think Henri. i think Henri's gone i think in order for steve bruce to make signings he needs to sign to get rid of Henri Saive, um jack colback and who's not going to be on loan Akraf lazar is lazar on a six-month loan though because you can't transfer him out during the loan well, at least those two. At least Colback. I was just and saying. Saturday. I was. Oh, I was saying next summer. I'm thinking Arkansas is gone next summer. We we will not be able to make a January signing, in my opinion, unless we sign, unless we sell someone. Well, I, now, I mean, we could get into that, but Dwight yeah. Gale, I think, is the guy that's going to be sold. Oh, Dwight Gale. If you're that's talking, who I'm looking. If you're that's talking about a guy for. that's not going to be here in the next 100 episodes, just Dwight Gale. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just there. He he. I mean. So he hasn't been given a fair opportunity, yeah. to be fair. Um, but in the opportunities he's been given off the bench, he hasn't looked great. Um, I have a think, I think, and I think we both see the writings on the wall for him. And he's also a guy that's wanted by championship clubs. Um, Leeds are the latest club to declare their interest. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure there's, there's about 12 teams that would take him right now. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is, a guy, <laughs> this is a guy who scores 30 goals in the championship for yeah. fun. So he's... Yeah, he's he's and I think he kind of knows this. Uh, I mean, he's 
30, I want to say, or 31. You can probably, uh, sorry to interrupt, you can probably just yeah. go to the championship table, crop out the top 12, and yeah. just guarantee that they would buy Dwight, Dwight Gale. Especially when Newcastle's price of 15 mil, it's, 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 it's definitely high, but that seems like the price you would pay for the best championship striker. That's, you said it very well. That's, that's yeah. the best championship striker would probably cost that amount. And, yep. I mean, I'm not going to get into specifics. I think right now the best championship striker is Alexander Mitrovic. And, like, he is – I don't know if you've, if you've paid attention to him at all this season, but he is absolutely tearing up for Fulham right now. Um Here's one for you, Greg, that I think is actually a little bit more challenging. Uh, recently had an article written about him. Yoshinori Muto. That was my next one. Oh, look at that synergy. 100 episodes in and we, we got some synergy. <laughs> that, this is an interesting one um, for me because I, I, don't, I don't know. It, I th- there's moments where the talent's there, but I feel like he hasn't. It's one of those where the, the, it's, he's not a player that fits the systems that we run. Look, Yoshinori Muto is in the exact same position that Key's in. He's behind Jolinton, who we paid 40 mil for. He's behind Andy Carroll. He's behind Dwight Gale. And he's behind the new signing that we're going to make either this next summer or January. He's not He's not going to. He, he's, done. he's done. Yeah. And and the, the what's he unfortunate for him is that he was at a lower-tier Bundesliga club, Minds, who... I mean, he was fine for, but he wasn't a standout for, which is why we got a bargain for him. Like he wasn't a, a Bundesliga standout by any means. He wasn't. He wasn't like a Sebastian Haller, who was on a decent team but was a standout. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I would, Im- I'd imagine back in the Bundesliga, um, potentially next summer. Um, I would imagine his agent wants him out of Newcastle. Uh, I mean, the Premier League's a dream, but at the end of the day, uh, players want to play. And so if they're not playing in the Premier League, they're going to go elsewhere. Um, but it's unfortunate because I really think Yoshinori is more of a secondary striker. And even if Newcastle went up to a went to a two-up-top system, he would still be behind Alan St. Maxman in the depth chart. Maybe he'd make the 18 more often, but I... Like it's just it doesn't seem like there's a spot for him in this club. And if Newcastle bring in another striker, I'm thinking it's going to be a guy who's a proven veteran striker. And here's a name I'll throw out there: Mario Balotelli, who mm-hmm. is probably going to get sold in January and probably going to be available for free. Not free, but he's cheap. probably going to MLS. I don't. Why would you say that? Because it's probably going to happen. Okay, uh, I mean that would it makes sense. No, uh, speaking like, of MLS, apparently multiple that, teams have reached out. So oh, I think it's I, I inevitable. Mean, it makes perfect sense. And but we'll I, pay him more Mario per Balotelli, year. If 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 you're Mario Balotelli, are you going to go to MLS? Or are you going to go to a Premier League team? I think we'll the MLS will pay him more. Probably, but I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. And it's, we'll be. I mean, no, no offense, but probably less racist. Depends on where he's going. If he's going to uh, Real Salt Lake, I would. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, th- oh, just real NMLS note, real quick. Uh, Ezekiel Palacos. Pal- I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Hot prospect in Argentina. Plays for River Plate. Like probably 
one of the he's literally probably the next big thing to come out of um south america apparently yeah. inter miami are going to sign him and he's like fifa wonder kid football manager wonder kid 21 years old attacking midfielder inter milan were a team that were looking at signing him so that's a hot name to pay attention to but anyway is that all the players you have or you have any more Yes, I have one more that I want to talk about, and then okay. some, then a couple Newcastle things. Okay. And the one thing is, um, it's DeAndre Yedlin. This is a tough one. Yes, um, and I don't, I don't really want to know, I, but I want to know. Here's the thing about Yedlin is, I think Yedlin's. Oh, this is tough. Yeah, it, I it, it's Yedlin... it's uh, I I don't want it. I don't want to say what I think. I I honestly don't think Newcastle have a liability. I don't. Okay, here's here's my honest thoughts, and I think this might upset people more than if I straight up say Yedlin's not going to be here anymore. Yeah, I don't think Newcastle have the ambition to make a signing that would replace DeAndre Yedlin. Well, I don't think that's out of the norm either to say because honestly, like, w- what has Newcastle done defensively to prove that they do? Yeah, I mean, they haven't. I mean, yeah. Newcastle haven't paid more than, I guess, Emil Kraft was, what was he, six or eight mil? They haven't paid more than 10 million for a defender in the past, jeez, oh, it, it might be like 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Like, actually, I don't think that – I'm honestly, they might have never paid more than 10 mil for a defender because if you think about it, before then, I mean, even Warren Barton, who was a highly touted prospect at the time, they paid like 2.5 mil for him, and he was one of the best players on his team as yeah. a fullback. And so if you're going all the way back to, like, entertainers, like it, and where we had great defenders, um, none of those guys – so I, it's, it's an area where – Similar to the MLS model, where there doesn't seem to be a lot of investment in defense, Newcastle are experts at finding bargains um, for defenders and being able to get defenders for the low, and they work out most of the time. Lejeune, Lejeune is probably our most expensive defender in the team right now. I think he was about nine million, maybe. Um, but I just, I just don't see Newcastle um, chasing. A world class right back, or so I mean, we had the opportunity to chase. It will be here by episode. I think he'll be here. Okay, yeah, I think he'll be here. Um, the only way I think he gets usurped, um, and removed from the team is if we, if Emil Kraft somehow out of nowhere becomes just this dominant right back, or if there's some sort of right back hidden in our academy that um, becomes the next like Trent Alexander Arnold or something like that. Okay. Uh, there's, I mean, because at his worst, new DeAndre Yedlin is a solid backup right back in the Premier League. Where yes, he will make a defensive error, but for seventy five percent of the match, you can count on him to cover his space, and you know maybe he'll be a threat going yeah. forward. It's that last twenty five percent of the of the match where you're like, uh, I don't know, where he might commit a costly foul or he won't track his man, which is a a, a problem that he has had his entire career. And, um, I mean, if you're American, you know this. So, yeah, that that is a tough one. I mean, I personally think that he will be here. 
Um, and But I don't think it's because of his ability. I just think it's because Newcastle won't invest in that position. Okay, two more. You okay. ready? Yeah. My first one, will Newcastle United be in a better league position than Everton? By episode 200. This is tricky because right now Everton's going to the championship. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to think that with a club that has spent as much as Everton. And as that, much as they will in January. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much they will spend because I don't really know how much money they do have. They've spent a lot of money in the past three seasons. But before that, I don't feel like they spent a ton of money. Um you would imagine that a, a a quality manager of some regard is gonna is gonna be there um, to you know at least where, guide them back. You know where uh, Rafa's family lives? No, Liverpool. Huh? You know where Everton's located? Yes, Liverpool. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> it could happen. Uh, but there there are some decent candidates out there um, for managers, and there will be. Some moving around with, I'm sure Bayern's going to have an opening. Um, there'll be some guys, you know, moving around Bundesliga, La Liga, all that kind of stuff that could push Everton up, um, at least this season. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It's It seems like that's a club that, it's not Watford, where it's going to be a struggle to find a manager to manage Everton. Let's just leave it at that. And so, and I, and I like Steve Bruce, um, but... Um, I don't know how sustainable um, he's going to be in the long run. I think that our peak with Steve Bruce is mid-table. Um, sorry. Eh, yeah, I think our peak with Steve Bruce is mid-table. I don't think we're going to be finishing in the top five with Steve Bruce. I do think that whoever Everton brings in as a manager could potentially break them into the top five, top seven category that um, they were kind of used to before. Uh, this this recent run of form. Yeah, my last one. Mm-hmm. Will Sunderland still be in League One? Ooh, it's a yes. We all know yeah, it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it actually yes. is a yes. Um, yes, because they're not doing well at all. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean they're in eleventh in uh, in League One, and Newcastle are in eleventh in the Premier League, um, which I mean. I guess we're in the same position, but but it's significantly worse to be 11th in League One than it is in the Premier League. It is. Um, so they've said it's worse. Yeah, yeah. They've um, said that. It's, it's, it's tough. It's unfortunate for them. No, it's I not. don't feel bad for them at all. I mean, it's like if you look at the whole situation, it is unfortunate, but I do not feel bad for them. Um, yeah, I think Sunderland are not going to gain promotion this season. Um, I think League One... And this is just a general rule of thumb. League One, you either have to get your bargain signings right, um, get a ton of investment, or uh, just have a kick-ass academy and be able to produce some some good youth prospects. And right now, um, Sunderland, they just some of their their hottest academy prospects that they had in the past couple seasons, some of their better young players have all been sold, um, and. Their academy seems to be doing decent, but if I'm a kid in the Northeast, right now the only academy I'd look at is Newcastle. Uh, 
I don't know. So I, it's just they're in a tough situation. I just don't understand uh, how they could really dig themselves out of this one without significant investment, which is a hot topic right now for them. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm saying that we're going straight to Sheffield United recap. Is that good with you? Uh, yeah. After this break, of course. After this break. Newcastle 2, Sheffield 0, 11th place, Newcastle United. Elijah, we did things that I enjoy. Yeah, um, for one. <laughs> just like uh, we said. This, this is, this is, <laughs> I about to say, this is another podcast in which we were just absolutely wrong with our predictions and we're fine with it. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the last time we were this happy about being wrong with predictions, actually Man U was probably another uh, one where Man we were City. like, well, this I'm, I'm just saying happy. the yeah, like this the most win, recent the Man City against, one. No, the win against them. no. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I'm just I was just thinking back to the time where we publicly declared on this podcast that we were happy, we were wrong with the predictions, and it's probably this most recent Man City, and then before that, Man U, and then before that, Man City. Yeah, I think. Did we beat Tottenham earlier this season? Yeah, that was remember. our first win. Okay, then maybe that one too. Yeah. So, but why pretty much Sheffield all of our wins. in the <laughs> there Sheffield United's in the company of Manchester United, Man City twice, and then Tottenham as most surprise, delightfully surprising results for Newcastle on this podcast. And they're also in the company of them in the table as well. Oh, yeah. The Premier League weird season. Yeah. Um, Greg and I talked about this off air, but this is just the season of parody for the Premier League. For multiple reasons, and it's weird that Newcastle beat top ten Sheffield United, a team that I think everyone thought was going to be relegated. And to be fair, we were a team everyone thought was going to get relegated. Uh, there's a lot of folks shouting for us uh, to be relegated. Um, some folks at SB Nation that will remain unnamed. Not 538 though. No, they said we would stay safe. Yes. All right, so we're going to start off with the three words from this glorious win. Um, and we'll start with Trevor Mooney. At Trevor Mooney 12, Bruce is still shite. Oh, well. <laughs> Jeff Can. never change. Jeff Can came in the clutch. Okay, Jeff Can. Can we just do, talk about this real quick? We asked him to do six, two different three word submissions, and he did a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, J- Jeff. Jeff did so many. I screenshotted it, is how many he did. Because I just couldn't, I forgot to send it to you. I just could not believe how many submissions he did. Um, so, Jeff, shout out to you. Thanks bro. for, I mean, you I, t- taking what we asked and then doing more. That's what yeah. you did. And we appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to read them because Jeff put in the work. <laughs> Jeff, these are all of Jeff Can's three word submissions. Um, Sheffield United overrated. No defender scored. That's actually I didn't even think about that. But yeah, so that's big for Newcastle. See, if you didn't put in your second three word submission, we might not have even talked about it. Carol sublime flick. Bruce greater than Rafa. The, it was the greater than symbol. So um, halfway to safety, which is another great point. See, they're not bad three words, Jeff. You came through. Uh, Tom Bernard at T Bernard play to whistle. So true. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to talk about that. Brian Gardner at Brian Gardner 10. Oh, Martin Dubrovka. Yes. Yes. You beautiful. Man. 
Zach Leggett, at Zach underscore Leggett, two G's, two T's. Done our homework. Tune1892, at 12th Man Tune, iHeart Var. Yeah, Varcastle United, baby. (laughs) The Tune Varmy. Paul at 8th Avenue Stroll, Dubrovka Demand. (laughs) David Campbell at Dave83C. Who needs possession? It's so Honestly, true. Who facts, needs it? Dude. Who needs Absolute it? Absolute facts. Kim Avery at Kim Kerfuffle. Winning feels good. That's so a great picture, good. by the way, as our profile picture. Indeed. I think that's a London Bridge, right? And the the tower and all that oh, shit Kim, in I, London. I didn't see. see. Oh, well. I mean, Kim, we're going on your profile. Oh, yeah, that's the Big Ben. Right oh, there. she retweeted our tweet to... Enter in the giveaway. Hey, Cam, if you leave a review and you're listening to this, we'll have another giveaway that you can also enter with a similar way to enter. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Cam. Um, yeah, so thanks for the three-word submission. That was great. So let's let's get into it now. We'll, we'll talk about this match, and, you know, you might get a Greg or Elijah rant. Oh, um, wait, real quick. Do you want to read your other tweet that was really good? Um, I mean, I mean, I guess we could save it for during it but the Dubrovka tweet was good and the replies to that was good were good as well mm, okay um yeah let's let's just do that now uh okay. so during the during halftime i asked uh or the chn radio twitter account asked uh to comment below with things that martin Dubrovka could save um and you guys came through yeah no surprise you, I, this is honestly I, I was talking to Greg. This is one a great tweet by Greg. Yeah, um, and two, I think this is probably one of the best interactions I've seen on this account. I think just over, between fans and and obviously the account. I think the only thing that tops that is maybe the giveaway because that was cool that people cared enough to retweet and follow us. So that's cool. But yeah. also the Man City three words was like. Probably the peak of this CHN radio. Yeah, account. we got like I can't remember the number, but it was a lot. <laughs> it was like it was like ten minutes of reading ten of, of reading three words. Yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> okay, but yeah, this one was great. Uh shout out to you guys. Who do you uh, want to start with? Uh I'm just gonna read it as I see it. Um, okay. So first one is Trevor Mooney at the Trevor Jip. Mooney twelve. Yeah, I mean it's the queen. So Martin Dubrovka could save the queen. I mean, that's... Just change the British national anthem to Dubrovka save the queen. <laughs> yes. That was a gold GIF right there. And then we go to another gold GIF. The oh, yeah. king of GIFs. Toon Army Portland. With Baby Yoda. Yeah. Oh my god. That was good. If you're yeah. old, Baby Yoda is a, is a meme right now. Please <laughs> watch The Mandalorian. Baby... Greg, have you watched The Mandalorian? It's no, very good. I, I haven't watched it yet. Um, oh, I, I haven't will, either. I will. <laughs> okay. Um, Rob <laughs> Ussery. Ussery? Yeah, Rob Ussery, the Ussery. Uh, the um, site manager for uh, Dirty South Soccer. He South said... Soccer, and Stars and Stripe FC. He could save Sunderland from irrelevance. Um, he could, but he's not going to. Yeah, I commented, let's hope he doesn't. <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Worldwide. At that's, yo that's... underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. My marriage. Ha 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 ha. I'm kidding. She left three months ago. Karen, if you're reading this, I miss the kids. So, Doobie, we need your help. For um, hey, Mr. Just Studio real Worldwide. Quick, 
This is a burner account for someone. I mean, it plays into that. I mean, the weird name, five followers, ten following. I'm just saying, they're following us. I think it's a player's burner account. Looking at... But they haven't commented anything about... The people that they're following are... There's no correlation. <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird. It's a very. We need to do well, an Hey, Mister. On this person, Mister Steelier Worldwide, respect. respect. Yeah, hey, Mister Steelier Worldwide. If you DM us, we'll have you on the pod. <laughs> yeah, this you're just a you, fascinating you'll be our secret fella. alias. Yeah, um, two army Madison with two submissions. One is a gif of the Earth, so Doobie could save the Earth, and then oh, the Titanic. Global warming. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, Jose Figueroa came in clutch here at Jose underscore in underscore LA. More, he can save more than 15% of your car insurance. Shout out Geico. That's yes. an American joke. And Patrick K. Curry at PK Curry. Bravka can save America. Oh. That's true. Great submissions there. Oh, that's, he's from Atlanta. Shout out Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out to the A where this podcast originated. Yeah. Um, let's go into the match now. Shall yeah, we? let's do it. Yeah. All right. So we had a bomb in our lineups. So Elijah, take it away. What did you think of our starting lineup being announced? I mean, I made this bold prediction about rotation, and we just did not rotate outside of one key rotation, mm-hmm. um, one that I did not expect at all because I just didn't think this person because. Okay, to be fair, this person, there was an article written a month ago by the Chronicle that said this person wouldn't make a start until January. I love you guys. Lee, Mark, you you know I love you guys, but geez, not a good look for you guys because Andy Carroll made his first Newcastle start this season, and it was a start <laughs> is how we'll leave it at that. Um Outside of that, everything else is the same. Uh, you've got Miggy and Alan St. Maxman uh, playing the wrong positions as well. Um, Isaac Hayden and John Joe Shelby. Uh, your back three of Dummett, Clark, Fernandez. And then Javier Manquillo makes his return. Javier Manquillo, who Paul Dummett thinks is one of the three fastest players at Newcastle, along with DeAndre Yedlin and Alan St. Maxman. So that is interesting. And then Jetro Willems, of course, um, played as well with Dubrovka and goal. Um, but yeah. An interesting lineup. Newcastle went with the same formation. They're five four one or three four three uh, formation. Um, and yeah, to counteract against Sheffield, who also played three in the back, um, and we looked good. Uh, yeah, we looked attacked. And I like the the Andy Carroll thing was absolute. That was shocking to me. Um, I mean, it was shocking to everyone because I think. And, and no disrespect to the Chronicle, they ran with this story basically telling us that Andy Carroll was not going to start a game until, like, the middle of January because of his injury trouble. And, like, Steve Bruce never really commented on it. I mean, he was always in the 18. He was always coming on as a sub. But I think everyone, no one thought that he could play a full 90. No one thought he could play more than 45 minutes. I think in general, I think that's a safe assumption that I don't think any Newcastle fan thought he could play a full 90. Even when people were saying to drop Joel Linton, they were saying drop Joel Linton for Gale. 
So it was a shock to everyone except for Steve Bruce. Yeah. So in these reviews, and I hope I hope we are going to do more of things like this, where there's just not a lot to talk about because we bunkered. And yeah. I'll get into that probably when I when we get to halftime. But oh. that's that's what Newcastle did. We bunkered. Um, we didn't have a lot of the ball. Karen Clark was hacking away, clearing everything. Dubrovka was making insane saves. And every time Carroll got the ball, he just went for goal. <laughs> and that's all we did. We didn't have a lot of opportunities. There wasn't any real chances. McBurney was absolutely killing us. And then I said um, Lise Mousset was the player to watch out for. But they started um, – what's the guy's name instead of him? Uh, uh, McBurney? No, it wasn't McBurney. It was hold on, Billy Sharp. Sh- Billy Sharp, yeah. And and he was dead. He was deadly ish. And we'll get to this in the second half a little bit. We won't really get into it. But wait, I didn't even realize they had Ollie McBurney, the Swansea City legend. I didn't even realize he was on their team. Yeah, he he had some curlers trying to. Yeah, he's get one he's on a us. good striker. That's and, a guy who I thought Newcastle would chase after as a cheaper signing but Sheffield yeah. well Lee's came in the second half and actually like scared me a couple times oh he's yeah. he's a threat and yeah. he's had a very quiet career until he's gotten here so that's Callum him. Robinson too wow we're we're all learning about Sheffield for the first time so well it's a different Callum Robinson oh 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 sorry this is like sorry he's like a FIFA ledge as well good uh youth guy anyway <laughs> good a good uh youth guy all right yeah, um, I play a lot of career mode <laughs> yeah so it's it's really it's the goal and and that's the first thing i'm gonna that's really what there is to bring up is the goal from saint gucci max gucci max got his first goal everyone yeah and, wait yeah go ahead okay uh and it was and let's not overstate this enough Atletico Madrid's Javier Manquillo. Yeah. He's been Great playing the last, last two matches. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Didn't need rest, and he put in a dime piece. And who would – I mean, like – actually, like everyone predicted, St. Kuzumax's first goal would have been a header. And Manquillo dimes this cross into the box. And no, it wasn't Andy Carroll. No, it was not a defender. It was not Clark or Fernandez or Dummett. It was the smallest guy on the pitch, St. Gucci Max, who rose up in the air and headed it into the net, and we were up one nothing. It was, it, I mean, how amazing was that? That St. Gucci Max still hasn't scored with his feet from how talented it is. Elijah, take it away. I, I think there's a couple things to note here. One, um, Javier Manquillo, delicious ball. Um, delish. I'm, I love, I love Americans, and I love my country. But I don't think DeAndre Edlin could have played a ball as good as that. Um, just crossed it. It was just a good ball. Uh, just first and foremost. Secondly, um, Miguel Amaron gets the MLS slash hockey assist. Because yep. I don't know if you saw this. He Because no, I, I, was, I was watching this in the office with another uh, converted Newcastle fan who is an Atlanta United fan who just, you know, from Atlanta wants to see Maggie succeed, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. Shout out to you, Evan. Um, but we were just cracking up because Miguel Almiron somehow, for some reason, jumped for this ball. And it was 
probably a good three feet above his head. And so, I, I mean, I, I just wanted to make give him a shout-out and give him the hockey assist because, you know, it made the keeper think, oh, maybe Miguel, it made him, it made him freeze a little bit. And then, of course, St. Maxman heading it on target is really all he had to do. The keeper was a bit frozen and um, don't think he was saving it unless it was hit directly towards him. It was, it was a great goal. And yeah. I think St. Maxman was shocked he scored. Um, I, did you see the gif he tweeted out about uh, the goal? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw the headband one. Oh, he, so he tweeted out another one that was like, how the first goal, how my first goal felt. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was a guy getting hit in the face with a giant fish. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a good goal and I was happy he scored. It's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Um, and we, we got to halftime. It's one, nothing. And now, now let's, if you don't mind going into yeah. a little detail about how it's played. And I, I, can I give you the halftime stat? Yeah, yeah. 75% possession for Sheffield, 25% for Newcastle. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect that you did that because I want to lead right into that. And what it is is like we should not play any other way against any other team. And I got into this on, in Twitter, but not everybody has social media. And if Man United can't get – Man City, sorry, can't get creative enough to break our defense down, then certainly Sheffield United can. Mm-hmm. If if our players – now, there's go, people are going to score on us. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a matter of just staying, like, staying focused. Eventually, you'll lose focus from time to time, and then a goal will get in. But if we are focused, they are not going – no, people aren't going to easily score on us. And yeah. that means if you play the way we do, that means you're relying on, say, seven counterattacks per match. If we get one of those, there's a good chance we're getting three points. And there's every other time we've tried to play differently, we lose. We lose. Last time we did it was Aston Villa. If we play this way against Aston Villa, that we beat them. We beat yeah. them. We beat we win on the road in Aston Villa. And that's three more points. So there's no – I don't care if you like attacking football. You can whine all you want about it. I like three points. So you can go, like, cry in the corner about wanting us to spread out and play attacking football, and I will currently enjoy my three points. It's uh, the same exact model Burnley two seasons ago ran where they scored their goals. They won every match pretty much 1-0 or – you know, they they did. No one scored they on made them. Europe. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they were in what seventh or something at the end of the season or something like that. Yeah, but they went from a recently promoted team to Europe because um, they played this attacking style. What killed them in the next season was depth, and that's a whole another issue with Newcastle because they're going to face the same thing if we were to pull off a similar thing. But yeah, I mean, it works, and like you said. If Man City can't break it down, and let's be real, Man City scored off of a mistake by Newcastle, which will happen, but the person who benefited from the mistake was Raheem Sterling, who you could put in the ringer as one of the best players in the Premier League right now. I mean, I'd say at least top five. And then a Kevin De Bruyne, insane goal, wonder goal. It's like a once in every five seasons type goal that you see um uh, scored against us as well. So it's like, 
even the best of the best, uh, they need lucky breaks to score against uh, a disciplined and well-drilled Newcastle defense. And like you said, Sheffield Wednesday's not breaking us down. Aston Villa's not breaking us down. Sure as hell, Southampton's not breaking us down. Um, so if you can win those matches and keep yourself competitive, I think Newcastle fans will take a top 10 finish any day of the week. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll get a heck of a lot more money, too. Oh, uh, yes, sir. It No, it, it's in, it's honestly incredible. And the difference between this year um, and last year is, is the difference between long ball and playing out the back. We we have luxuries now with Sankuchi, Max, and Almiron that, that Rafa didn't have. And yeah. with this dynamic, and, it, and it's part of what we talked about at the beginning of the year, is like the the amount of our team that can open up now because we have we've made these signings, and now we all thought Jolinton would would play better, and we honestly thought Gucci Max Almiron and Jolinton would have way more goals, but well, the impact that they're making is is prevalent, and you have yeah. to be blind to not see it. You can get mad at the lack of no goals, and yes, it does. That's something that has to change. And Gucci Max scored to get today, but Almiron needs to get more. Jolinton needs to get more. Gucci Max needs to get more. But the impact that they're making is extremely, extremely prevalent, and every team has. They cannot fully go forward because they have nobody capable of staying with them on the pitch. Yeah. And we'll talk about Jolinton later on when we get to some other match events because he got subbed on and he created some changes for himself. Um, but I, I think what you said is, is spot on, um, especially because I think the key thing to, to recognize here is that all these guys are young guys. We're talking about two guys who are 24 um, and Joel Linton, who I believe is 21. So it's like, you know, they may not be bagging in goals now, but if they stick with Newcastle over the next few seasons, they're going to be able to find their finishing touch and they're going to be more confident in front of goal in the Premier League. I mean, None of these guys have played a full Premier League season. And I think once you get that full season underneath your belt, you know what you're good at. You know how to utilize yourself in order to create space for yourself. I think that it, the, the goals will come for them soon. But the fact that they're a consistent threat on the long ball. And I think one other thing that you mentioned earlier that I kind of forgot to bring up is you were talking about, you know, seven counterattacking chances to match. I think the other thing that's key that we saw today, um, especially, was same Gucci Max, Joel Linton, and Miguel Amniron are all incredibly talented at winning fouls as well, which is huge for a team that has somehow, this season, discovered how to well, score off of set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're good at winning fouls, and it's because of their ability, ability of pace. Players of have course. to make that decision of, do I let you pass me and have a breakaway, or do I mm-hmm. just get a yellow card? Yeah, And but, the answer is a foul. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, I feel like, like you said, it's something Rafa didn't have, and I don't know if we would play the same underneath Rafa. I mean, even if we had the same players and blah, blah, blah I don't know if we'd play the same underneath him. But um, but I, I think that's something we like, Rondon was never going down. <laughs> Joel Linton has a little bit of, he'll go down. He's big and strong, but he'll go down. Um, Miguel, we had a little bit of that at the end of the season, but, I mean, Christian Atsu didn't win as many fouls. Um, Isaac Perez didn't do enough to win fouls. Um and it's just interesting that we find ourselves in a lot of set-piece situations, which leads to that Man City tied goal. It leads to, to all these different chances. Um, and I think it's a funny stat that obviously all of our, that we have a ton of defenders who scored this season. But part of that is because we've won. We've had so many fouls awarded to us because of this front three. Um, 
and their ability to be dangerous on the counter that we're in these set piece situations where yeah you bring up your center backs and they're going to score so that, that's good it's a good issue to have yeah no for sure uh we'll get to the second half now and my god was it a good one it was the same thing it, we bunkered and sheffield could not do anything yeah they got chances and and, and that's the other thing we can't play we we don't do as well as we are now without Dubrovka. And he proved that again and again today. He made incredible saves. He even got a little banged up on a collision late into the second half, got a little bit of treatment for it, came back on, made more miraculous saves in that time. He is is on a different level. When he's on, it's hard to think that there's better keepers out there. That's how impressive it is to watch him when he's on his game. And, and it was just so impressive watching us just do what's been ingrained in their minds for the last three, four years. And then the goal happened. Goal number two. Absolute scenes. It was amazing. John Joe Shelby. Now, we need to talk about the, the build-up to this play because it was a glorious one. He So, I guess how – what's the best way to, to describe this? So – we're playing a quick counter, and it was yeah. hurled up. Do you remember who 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 cleared the ball first? No idea. Uh crap. It doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is what but happens after. Carol, yeah, Carol nodded it on. It was a mm-hmm. beautiful flick. Carol, not many people were beating him him in a header, and he flicked it on right into the middle of the pitch. So I guess both center backs were on Carol, and he wins the header, and John Joe ran in behind him. So the right back for Sheffield was he was far back. He, he did not come up. He did not play an offside shot at all. And Shelby played that. He played off of that. And he made a run. And by the time – and I thought this live, there's no way Shelby's offsides. Yeah, I know. I didn't think Shelby I saw that right, right back from the beginning. And, and that lines judge must have missed him. But the linesman's flag goes straight up as Shelby gets the ball, as it was flicked onto him. But the whistle never blew. Not once. Yeah, was, Shelby and, and absolutely. The, and the and to be fair, if you look at the replay, because I've watched the highlights, because I obviously when Newcastle wins, I watch the highlights a billion times. The ref waves play on, seeing the flag go up. He does the right thing. The yeah. ref literally waves the play on. Mm-hmm. And it was a breakaway. Even if they weren't playing on, nobody was catching Shelby. He it was a pure breakaway. Yeah. And the goalie didn't even try. Like, he put his arms out, but that's yeah. it. And Shelby just curled it around him and scored. And sure enough, it's a goal. And it, it's a clear goal. And one thing people in England say, if you're not a, an American football fan, uh, to note, it took the NFL players probably, what, two years to get used to the to what to do in these situations? Yeah. Because there's a lot, and it took the referees about two years, too. Now, if it's... If they're not sure if it's a fumble or not, it's just going to be a fumble and we'll review it um, in, in American football. But two years ago, they like refs would still call it dead. It still even happens today. But, um, even in and, MLS as well, if you want to go that yeah. route. It, and it's players, taken, MLS has had VAR. I think this is the third. We're getting into the third season with VAR. Yeah. And um, it's still taken um, people time to get used to it. But I think now but we're in a good now, place in MLS. Yeah. The players will keep playing until the whistle yeah. happens, and it's it honestly it's it's embarrassing that Sheffield just stopped playing. I would be 
furious if that if new if Newcastle were on the receiving end of that. Well, There's their no manager excuse. wasn't furious. He was yeah. furious that about VAR, but he should be furious about his players. That's it. Yeah, it's an absolute embarrassment. They all just stopped playing. Yeah, and like and they, you just fair, let the goal in. That's unacceptable. Yeah, opinion. and what was interesting to me about this play was. There was so much focus at the time on whether or not Shelby was offside, offsides or onsides, and like you clear, like you said, Shelby was clearly onside. The issue actually was with Carroll, um, and because uh, I think it was the right back, the right back was, or it was the right back or the right center back was late to stepping up to to Carroll, like his foot kept Carroll onside, which allowed Shelby, who was just clearly yeah, yeah, onside, to get through. Which was, like, that's the big thing is that, I mean, this whole time, I think we all were wondering, because I think what I saw on Newcastle Twitter was everyone was like, Shelby's clearly onside, but that's not what the ref was checking. The ref was really checking to see if Carroll was onside, and he was by, like, a fraction. Um, and yeah. that that is one thing that has come up with, uh, with um, the Premier League VAR. It's just, like, the, the, the micro centimeter inch type of uh decisions with var this is another one this one's a little bit more clearer than some of the other ones but yeah it, it's another kind of issue that for year one of var this stuff happens um and you know it'll be sorted out next season vr isn't the end of the world but for now it benefits newcastle um and i mean there's nothing else you can say it was not a brilliant goal it was just a good goal from john joe shelby great awareness by him uh to play through the whistle and i just think it's funny anytime we have a VAR situation where, like, the players have to wait to celebrate. It's just yeah. funny. And the fans. <laughs> and the fans. And shout-out to Newcastle fans who, uh, each goal, it was like they showed the Newcastle fans and, like, it seemed like they were all running down the stairwells to, like, run over each other yeah. to potentially get onto the – just, like, it was absurd. Yeah. I love Newcastle fans. Uh, shout-out to them. Yep. Um – yeah, and, and the rest of it played out as expected. They brought in Lise Mousset, who's their leading scorer, and he he provided opportunity for them, but they, they couldn't get anything. We Kieran Clark was a stone wall today. Federico Fernandez, a stone wall today. Dumb it. Eh. Uh, an average day. It wasn't great, it wasn't terrible. And like there I could not say anything bad about Hayden, about Shelby, about literally anybody on the team. Jetro is becoming easily the best signing we've made in the past two years, I think, early on. And uh, and that, I'm putting that up with every signing. So Jolentoon, Miggy, St. Gucci Max, he's up there with them. He's that quality. I'm not saying he's yeah. better, but he's he's so good. Um, and he's like a silent assassin. Like People don't realize how much he's doing for this game. Just Jetro, from a p- positional sense, is extremely smart he knows like he knows where to be in certain areas of the pitch to draw defenders to open up space for others on the attack he's brilliant um and atletico madrid's javier minkio my dude he killed it again today i'm so excited do you have anything else before we go to quotes um i mean nothing else that you haven't said already uh I mean, I I said this last week, well, not last week, but earlier this week, Dubrovka might be the best signing we've made in this decade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did good. It it just, I mean, I don't know. He just is. 
Like, I genuinely cannot... There's been players, like Jeannie Wijnaldum is a perfect example, who there were moments of brilliance, and they've gone on to... Like, he got a Balloon d'Or vote. That's great. But if you look at importance to the club, and just, like, if you look at how they've... How, you know, their performance, and then how that performance has led to results, it's just Dubrovka. Like, Newcastle don't finish 10th on the Rava without Dubrovka. Newcastle don't win this match without Dubrovka. Newcastle don't win that Man City match of last year without Dubrovka. They don't win they don't tie Man City last week without Dubrovka. It, he is the best signing of this decade and no one's going to argue me on this, but I just feel like I have to say it every week because it's true. Two quotes. Steve Bruce said, "Ultimately the right decision was made." I have to say well done to the referee for not blowing his whistle and to John Joe. They were told to keep going at the start of the season until they hear the whistle. Andy Carroll can be crucial for us. It's pretty evident. I think everyone can see that he needs games, but he's got through 65 minutes. What their center halves dish out is right up Andy's street. So it was a decision that worked. It also gave Jolinton a little rest. Um, on St. Maximin. I didn't think Allen would be getting a header. I'm delighted for him. He's been carrying an ankle injury, which isn't easy, but he's rolled up his sleeves and got a reward tonight. Yeah. Um, and then I thought this was worth it. Um, second half, we defended much, much better. Martin has pulled off some great saves and kept us in it at a crucial time. And it's not bad to have a goalkeeper of such vein, rich vein of form. And it's so true. Martin Dubrovka, you are a legend. It was our first Premier League victory in Sheffield United this decade. It was also yeah. our only match against Sheffield United in the Premier League this decade. So we're undefeated. That's my stat. <laughs> Do you have something to say, Elijah? I heard you trying to butt in. I'm blabbering. Um, obviously. Um, yeah, I uh, just... One, just brilliant results from Newcastle United. Um, we talked about this earlier about players that could be here within the next 100 episodes. Martin Dubrovka, I don't think he'll be here <laughs> next year. Oh, uh, we we have no choice. Like, I mean, and I and it's just, there there has to be another club in the world that's going to come calling. My, my thought is PSG because they've been linked to him a bunch and... I mean, it seems like they sign a new keeper every year. Um, but, I mean, he is just so good. And entering the prime of his goalkeeping career. And, like, if you send a scout out to look at his tape, and if you're looking at him alone and not Newcastle as a whole and blah, 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 it is really hard to not want to sign this man. And I think there'll be plenty of suitors for him next year outside of Premier League. I'm thinking, you know... La Liga clubs or Bundesliga clubs that are trying to take it to the next level, um, you know, potentially a, a Dortmund or a PSG or um, not Atletico, but maybe a Valencia or something that will pay big money for a guy like this, uh, you know, maybe an Inter Milan. I don't know. It just seems like he he is just too good for Newcastle at the moment, um, and I don't see him slowing down. So, I don't know. That's my only thought. My other thing before you get into stats is, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to give a quick shout-out to Joel Linton because he was good when he came on um, for Andy Carroll. 
um, kept that same pressure on their center backs. Uh, didn't really let them sit back. He was making runs. There was actually a, a moment in the match he had a brilliant run uh, where I honestly thought he was going to get a goal. Um, the ball was taken from him at the last kind of minute of it, but uh, he he looked good. Um, and it it I don't know. It's good to see that uh, his confidence wasn't torn to shreds when he wasn't named as as a starter. Yeah. I agree. I don't have many stats besides John Joe scored back-to-back for the first time in his Premier League career. Also leading scorer from Newcastle. And pulling away from the leading scorer. Um, but 538, they project how the season goes, how the season's going to finish. And they had Newcastle United before the match in 17th, to finish in 17th place. Well, I can say that that has changed. They don't have Newcastle in 17 or oh. 16 oh. or 15. Oh. They are projecting that we will have a two-point increase in our season. They had us at 41 points. Now we're at 43 is our final. Uh, finishing in 14th place and still finishing above us is Sheffield United. Um, they're giving Newcastle a 17% chance to be relegated while – Teams that have a higher chance to get relegated from us are Burnmouth, Aston Villa, Southampton, West Ham at 26%, Watford at 67 and Norwich at 71 Even though Everton is in the relegation zone right now, they said they have a 9% chance of being relegated. Um, and they have them finishing 10th still. So they're definitely not believing Everton's recent downfall. I mean, I I don't think so either. They're, yeah, yeah. There's so many good they, managers that would jump at the, the, the opportunity yeah. to manage a team that spends that much money. I'm with you. Um, okay, so let's go to what do we usually do next? Uh, oh, the Premier League table. Of, oh, or <laughs> um, best and worst. Oh, yeah, I guess we kind of. We said we're in 11th. <laughs> yeah, so we're in 11th. Sheffield's in 9th. We're level on points. Um, we're just. Very far behind in goal differential. Nine goals difference between the two. Arsenal is also tied with us on points. So yeah, they lost to Brighton today. They lost to Brighton. So Arsenal haven't won in their last five. Wait, did they? They fired Unai Emery, right? Yeah. Yep. And they have one draw against Norwich and one loss to Brighton. That's interesting. That's not mm. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think? Oh, here's a weird name I just thought of. It, it actually makes no sense. Didier Deschamps, do you think he's going to get any calls for uh, managerial jobs? I mean, he just won a World Cup. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure people who are going to call him, yes. Yeah, I mean, if Jurgen Klinsmann got a call, he should be getting a call. Yeah, but I think France might be able to pay for it. Yeah. So, and it's less... You have the best players in the world. Just tell them to go. Yeah, do. and you've already you've <laughs> already done you've already achieved the pinnacle. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, there's pressure on you, but like realistically, no one's expecting a team to win back to back World Cups. Yeah, it's just or like win a World Cup and then a Euro. It's like he's set for the rest of his career. If he's it's with France. too cush. He's yeah, in too it's, cush of a situation. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's. I would not leave that job. That is yeah. the best job in the world. Uh, all right, let's go to best worst. Mm-hmm. Um. Who's your worst? Uh, we don't have a worst. Who's your yeah, best? Yeah, there's no worst. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think Dubrovka is the obvious choice. Uh, yeah, just that was I mean, insane. he he was the man of the match in every metric. I I went to three different sites and he was the man of the match. Chronicle okay. had him at That's... a tent or something like that. Like uh, it's he he's so good. But there's some players that we have to give shout outs to. Um, the first and foremost, I think Jojo Shelby. He looked good the whole match, and I think. I got on him a lot for this most recent match against Man City because, you know, he looked subpar and then redeemed himself with the goal, the the game-tying goal. But this match, he looked good the whole match. He looked more in control, and he played like a captain, uh, kind of setting the example. He worked hard, and I have to give him a shout-out. I mean, and then I guess the other shout-out I'll give, Andy Carroll. I mean, for a guy who has not played, who has not started a match in so long, he came in and brought the intensity from day one, got himself an assist, um, played as a great hold-up striker, and and I think, the mo- and most importantly, he played well enough, but not too well, but um, to, to give like you know a guy like Joel Linton, who obviously there's a lot of pressure on him to perform, he came in and it didn't seem like Joel Linton felt the need that he needed to like like produce and score a goal. He didn't, it, 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 he was, he was set up in a good situation. And I think that that's a credit to Andy Carroll who just played hard and played, worked hard and played well. But I mean, obviously it didn't result in the goal, but I feel, I feel like he set up his substitute to come in and do a fine job and continue more of what he did. And I mean, I don't know. It just was really good. He was an important part of, of this, of this win. Yeah. Great. Great moment. I mean, I, I'm with you everywhere. I, I sung praises with him already, so I'll, I'll just say Mankio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant. But, like, the, everybody had a good day, and everybody did what they were supposed to do. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased with that. So let's take a break, and we'll preview our upcoming match this weekend, this Sunday, against Southampton. So you're getting a whole lot of us on our oh, yeah. 100th episode coming back. Right after this ad, we'll do that right now. All right, match day, whatever it is, I have no idea. 16. 16? Yeah. Against Southampton. Uh, Southampton actually has come a long way from when they got pumped 8 nothing to Leicester. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually looking decent. Yeah, but they've come to a long be fair, they, the last few matches they've played have been all against teams with very large question marks. Yeah. Um, 2-1 against Norwich, a win for them. Um, Norwich also in the bottom three. Uh, Watford, another team who Watford has fired and hired managers. I think no manager has managed more than five games for Watford, it seems. But um, they beat them 2-1. Um, and then Arsenal, who have, like you said, haven't won in five matches, 2-2 against Arsenal. And then before that, they lost 2-1 to Everton, who were also in the bottom three. And lost to one to Man City, who we drew with. So, it's I, there's nothing that really is convincing about Southampton. The 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 thing that I can tell about Southampton right now is that they're they've been a very physical the past few matches, and that has resulted in some good results for them. Yeah. So I just I, I, well, that's getting too into it. So far, I'll hold that for now. So no. let's let's dive to it's not that big of a deal, but let's get into injuries and all that fun stuff. Of course, sound good. 
So on Southampton's front, you need to bear with me because I'm pulling that up right now. How are you, Elijah? Uh, unreal. Yeah. Living life. I mean, I could probably pull up the, the injuries before you do, but, I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn here. Do it. Okay. Uh, Sam McQueen is injured for <laughs> Southampton. Uh, he's got uh, somewhere to a foreign Lejeune, a knee injury. Uh, Stuart Armstrong also injured. He's got a hamstring injury. For Newcastle, Matt Ritchie's still out. No one really knows what's up with him. Um, Rob Elliott is back in training, but I wouldn't expect him to make any appearances. And, of course, Jamal Sells is out. Outside of that, everyone is back. DeAndre Yedlin could have uh, been named to the first team this match, but obviously wasn't due to Mankio's brilliance. Um, Lejeune, I think, is 100%. Uh, the way Steve Bruce was talking about him this past week, he kind of mentioned that uh, he just wanted Lejeune to still get reps in practice. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say he was alluding to Lejeune making an appearance soon, but I think Lejeune will. I think this is the match Lejeune will probably be named to the 18. Um, and Fabian Scherer is healthy, but uh, for some reason, Steve Bruce seems to think Paul Dummett is in better form than Fabian Scherer. Um, Maybe but they that both is, get put in, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this. I thought Newcastle were going to rotate. I mean, I guess we can hop right into lineups. Is that fine with you, Greg? Yeah, yeah, we're I mean, pretty much there so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're pretty much yeah. Uh, I thought this match that we were that we just witnessed was going to be the match where we rotated, um, but. I didn't even realize that we played Southampton next. Hand up. Did not realize that. Um, this is actually probably the match where we'll rotate. Um, I think St. Maximin's probably not going to start. Uh, he kind of came off with a knock earlier. Christian Atsu played well. Um, and so I think Christian Atsu's probably – he could get the nod here. I think Miggy's probably going to still start. Um, you could see Joel Linton uh, make his way back in a starting lineup just because you don't know with Andy Carroll – really how healthy he is, or really how many minutes he can play, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, the midfield, maybe we see a bit of a rotation. Possibly a Longstaff brother makes a reappearance. I don't think Shelby um, is going to uh, get dropped from this team just because he is, one, wearing the captain's armband, and two, he's played decent. Uh, so, I, if anything, I could see Sean Longstaff making a reappearance uh, he seems to be the better defender out of the long staffs, and Isaac Hayden just deserves a break. He's played, he's pretty much since he's since his suspension ended, he's played every match, and yeah. you know we've got another short week for him. So, if I were Steve Bruce, I would rotate him. But Steve Bruce is just not the best at rotating guys in general. So um, there's that. Uh, and in the back line, this might be your match where you sit um, Paul Dummett or Fetty Fernandez or Karen Clark, uh, and sub in Sharon Lejeune. I don't really care who. I think just based on, I think Paul Dummett's probably the most likely to, to see himself on the bench. Um, but, I mean, Fetty Fernandez or Karen Clark, either one of them could play that center middle back, that middle center back role. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who who actually gets dropped, if someone gets dropped again. Steve Bruce, I think that is his biggest flaw is that he rides the hot hand. He does not rotate his team. He doesn't make substitutions. So, again, all of this I'm saying could be for not. We could roll out the exact same lineup, and I would not be surprised. Um, and then I think DeAndre Yedlin could return to the team. 
I think Jetcher Williams will probably stay in the team. He is our only true left wing back at the moment. Just Matt Ritchie is just injured. So I mean, there's nothing more you can do. And I'd be shocked if Dubrovka was dropped from the team. So, yeah, I think we could rotate here. Um, the the key areas being Alan St. Maximin, um, one of the midfield three, and then I think at least one of the center backs is going to be gone. And potentially yeah. DeAndre Yedlin could, could return to the first team. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 for pro rotation as long as the game plan stays the same. <laughs> exactly. That's, I mean, that's and my thi- one and thing. this is this is one of those matches and we'll get into this with predictions. If you keep the same game plan, this is a match where Newcastle could win three nothing. Yeah. It they could. Now whether or not they will is is a a, a question mark. And we'll get into <laughs> it when we get into predictions. Because Newcastle just do this thing where they play to the level of the, of the opponent, and that's a whole other situation. But yep. I guess we should talk about who we should watch out for for Southampton. I guess uh, let's get into next. what we need to do to win. Oh, that's actually that's a good, oh, yeah. that's good. Which I think you and I are both on the same page on this. <laughs> so do yeah, what we, you. We you need keep, to do exactly done. what we've done the last two matches. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> and, I, and I actually said that before the, but like what we need to do to win against Sheffield. I, I said we need to have the same exact game plan because Sheffield can't break us down. Yeah. And I, I'm right. Like that, that is what we need to be doing. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Fair? I mean, I, there's nothing else I can really say. Um, the goals will come. The counterattack looks brilliant. Um, Southampton, even I, I guess the other thing I would add maybe is, I want to sit back and all that stuff, but I think the press is, is something, because we've seen it employed at different times by Steve Bruce, which is another difference between him and Rafa. Steve Bruce seems to employ the press a little more often, just slightly, not a lot, but just a little more often. Um, I think the press would just do wonders against Southampton. They just don't have um, the ball-playing center backs to do so. Um, I mean... I I don't know. I just don't. I just, there's nothing that really convinces me about Southampton that makes me think this is a team that um it's going to be able to really do anything in possession against Newcastle. I mean, I think they start Yoshida, who he's a decent player. Um, they got Ryan Bertrand on their team, but guys who are not super comfortable with the ball at their feet. So I think pressing them could lead and lead to some some goals against uh some goals against them. This is the one match. I think like if we're looking at all the matches this season, um, where Miguel Amaro could get his debut goal, this is probably one of them. If we play the same way we did, because he's just going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot the ball and it could take a weird deflection. It could be on target. Well, it doesn't matter. I think that there's an opportunity for him to score here. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's like, with the pressing thing, like we definitely have the ability to do that because we're sitting at we're at home, um, so we we could come out of the bunker a little bit more. Uh, but I, I I think because of how well and how often they're scoring too in the last few matches, last five they've scored in every one, and they've scored multiple goals in three. Like we need to, we just need a bunker. We need to, we just need them to go cold. They're on fire right now it's going to be a tough game even though they have to about as far as you could possibly go for a match uh they're on fire right now uh so some saints to look out for who you got um 
How about you go first? Because I've got a couple. James Ward Prowse. Okay, that's one of mine. Yeah, he is. And Danny. I feel like those are. I mean, okay. those are the two guys we say every single time. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Danny Ings. This so far this season has eight goals and one assist. James Ward Prowse. I'm pretty sure he's got what four goals and assist. Yeah. Yep. Just checked. I mean, they're 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 two most dangerous players. Um. I mean, if you want to go off the beaten path and. And maybe look at different other guys that you know, you know, could be an, a factor. Um, maybe Who's Nathan Redmond, huh? Oh yeah, Who's Who's Jennifer? Jennifer? Oh yeah, Jennifer? he he's good. He's good. Yeah, that he's very good. Two goals and assists. Um, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't play a lot though. Yeah, eight he... matches. Coming off oh, the bench mostly, Sorry. left winger, very raw. But he is. He's a. He's. He's one of those guys where if you look at if we're doing a podcast in April and Newcastle are safe and we're looking at potentially teams that might go down and Southampton's in that picture, he's a guy that I'm like, hey, let's throw 15 mil at him because he could be a decent left winger. Um, Just really athletic guy and kind of technically gifted as well. So, yeah, uh, that's that's a guy to watch out for as well. Any others on your list? Honestly, no. I think if you're looking at the the root of um, when we had Al, that was Alex. I'm now but Kristen Hennage on where you're looking at players you could possibly exploit. I go back to those center backs, Yoshida and Bertrand, um, and Vestergaard, and and those guys. Vestergaard hasn't even really played that much this season, I think. Um, but those are guys who I think are. Solid center backs in their own regard, but just just not center backs that I would I don't know. They're just not center backs I think are good with the ball at their feet, and I think those are guys you can you can pressure and they'll make mistakes, especially Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Um. So stats. Okay. Oh man, I I don't really have stats. Oh. Uh, let me see if I can find some. Oh, that's interesting. You don't yeah. Have stats. So prepared for episode 100. <laughs> yeah, this is honestly. Uh, okay, well, I have a stat. Um, So, so far, this is actually a little bit of a shocking stat, Um, just considering the fact Southampton are never really a top-tier side. But all-time record with Southampton, Um, not all-time, but just recent record, three wins, four draws, um, and five losses for Newcastle, which is just an odd one. Mm. Yeah. I do have five thirty-eight though. Okay. Okay. I have I have more stats if you want to hear those. Oh yeah, tell go. Uh, Newcastle are unbeaten in their last six Premier League home games uh, since losing to Arsenal. Against oh yeah, the I, opening I, I weekend. No Premier League ground has seen fewer goals this season than St James Park. So which is. Is it's a home match for us? In case you were wondering, after I gave those home match stats, so this is one where this could be a low-scoring game. Newcastle have not scored a lot of goals at home, and no one has scored a lot of goals at uh, St James Park. Uh, <laughs> in recently, Newcastle Southampton have lost two of their last three against Newcastle um, with one draw, um, and Newcastle have been unbeaten against Southampton in their last seven matches with four wins and three draws. So. History is on the side of Newcastle in this match. Um, 
Newcastle have only lost one of their last 14 Premier League home games against Southampton with 10 wins and 3 draws. They lost in January of 2015. Um, And the only teams that have a, I guess, that Newcastle have a better record against are Aston Villa and Everton, which is an interesting one as well. Um, And Southampton are winless in their last four Premier League away games. And uh, since they got to a somewhat hot start away when they won two in a row away. Um, And Newcastle haven't won a home Premier League game since December of in December since 2015 against Liverpool and are winless in nine games at St. James Park in December. Look uh, at these nugs, Elijah. Oh my God. Three draws, six losses, and Danny Ings has scored in his last four Premier League appearances for Southampton. You which threw is out some nugs. Yeah. Damn. All yeah. right, I see you. Oh, here's a here's one that'll get you excited. Do it. This is do it. This get is me one excited. that is is weird. It's a very weird stat. Each of Southampton's last 12 Premier League goals have been scored by Englishmen, excluding two own goals. That is a weird stat. Well, pretty much all their... Wait, really? Yeah, literally the last 12 goals they've scored have all been scored by Englishmen. Which, if you think about it, is not a weird stat because Southampton has a great academy. But it's a weird stat for Premier League because Premier League... This is a another fun fact that is not really related to this match at all. Premier League, I think, has the highest like they have. Uh, how do I say this? Um, out of all the major leagues in the world, the Premier League have the most lenient international player policy. It's like seventy percent of your roster can be international players in the Premier League. So to get a stat like that, where you have like your last twelve goals scored by an Englishman, is weird. Yeah. Because that just does not happen. Like it doesn't. It just doesn't. So that's a very odd stat. But yeah, I came. But with they the also have that. a super reputable youth academy. So. Yeah, it's one of those that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense for the Premier League. It just makes sense for Southampton. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of use some taking over the stats category. Yeah, that was some. That was Nuggy Nugs right there. Um, Five thirty-eight. Talking about the beautiful. Potential match coming up against uh, Southampton. They said, and I'm 100% on board with this, that Newcastle has a 41% chance to beat Southampton. 33% chance that Southampton wins and a 26% chance of a draw. So they're saying more chance of a chance that one of these teams wins the game than actually both of them drawing. So with that said, Newcastle United in 11th place on 19 points. Southampton in 17th place on 15 points. On Sunday in Newcastle, Elijah, what is your prediction? Man, this is a tough one. Um, Newcastle are they are a team that, and we talked about this off air, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, the, they play to the level of their opponent sometimes, and you know, I want to believe that this is a match where Newcastle got to get a win, but every time I do that, they uh, they somehow lose. And uh, here's another stat for you: Steve Bruce has lost his his last four Premier League matches against Southampton. Um, granted, he was managing Hull City, um, but it's just it's I don't know. It feels weird, um, especially after two straight good performances from Newcastle. They're due for a bad one. But 
it's a home match. And Newcastle have been unreal at home. And you know what? 4-0 win. Miguel Amaron gets his first goal. Alan St. Maxman gets his second goal. Joel Linton gets his second goal. And let, let's give Kieran Clark a goal for, for shits and giggles. Whoa. Yeah. So I that's a big I one. That. That's a, I just did that. Uh, you know, last, last preview pod I said that we really struggle with consistency. Newcastle United does. Just never can be a consistent team. And if that's either whether they're consistently losing or consistently winning, <laughs> we always do something weird to mess it all up. So I said, because of that, I said we would lose one nothing to Sheffield. It only yeah. makes sense. Well, we didn't. So I'm going to keep going with it because if that happens again, this might be a nice little trend that we can go on. So Southampton wins one nothing. Okay. Um, Greg, if Reverse we win psychology. this match, will you, do you think that is the symbol of consistency for Newcastle? Like, if we go out and execute the same game plan, which I I don't think we will, because I think Steve Bruce... I cannot tell if Steve Bruce is, like, smart enough as a manager to recognize that his bunkering down system with the counterattacking works, or if he's going to be like, I'm Steve Bruce, and I think that we can win this match, blah, 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 and we're going to go for it. Um, but if Newcastle win, not win, but if they get three good results in a row, this being another result, whether it's a draw or or a, a victory, are you convinced that we're consistent? Yeah, that's that's consistent over like six, like because over six matches we'd be thirteen points from eighteen. So yeah, that would be a consistent run of good form right there. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say so. Okay, I, I mean I'd agree as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know. It's I I kind of at the beginning of this podcast, I I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to lose the match, but after reading all those stats, I was like, "Huh. I mean, <laughs> as much like the odds are technically in our favor because we sent this is the team that we tend to beat up on, and I'm pretty sure last year when we played Southampton, I predicted us to lose and we won. So, yeah. <laughs> like it's I'm just like all right whatever it's possible it, this is this is we're Southampton's bogey team like they cannot beat us as of recent um even when they are good and we are not good so <laughs> so let's get into some questions oh after this break of course which is probably going to be Shivas Regal Regal sorry and yeah. Greg you know I think I'm going to try to find a bottle mm-hmm. of Shivas Regal the Manchester United 13 year blend because oh, it's actually a very shouldn't. affordable scotch. Chivas is a very, very, very good scotch, especially if you go a little bit higher above the generic. But, I mean, it looks like they have a minimum of, like, you know, 10 or 11 years age, which is solid as well. So, but yeah. And their oh, yeah. prices are around, like, 20 30 bucks, which is good. But this is not a whiskey podcast. It It's a... It's a Newcastle podcast, and so, so we'll take a break. Let's take a break. Okay, our 100th episode question from the official questionnaire of CHN Radio. Trevor Mooney came in hot. He said, what's more likely to happen? Number one, Mickey scores before his 100th appearance. Newcastle wins a major trophy before it hits a 100-year trout at that 64 right now. CHN Radio interviews a first-team player in the next 100 episodes. 
Man, that's a tough one. Uh, man. That is tough. Well, I'll go first. Okay. I, I've i spoken to the club many times. We're not going to interview a first-team player before our 200th episode. <laughs> um, unless the club gets sold. Or comes to America. They or did both. say that we would get one if they come to America. Okay, that's good. So, uh, so because of that... Well, he said what comes first, and I think maybe we'll score a goal before Newcastle win a trophy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, think we have to say I think that. the because first we would predict- have to happen in order to us to win a trophy. He would have to score a goal. I think I would uh, say so, that, too, because so maybe- <laughs> I, I predict him to score a goal every single podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. You don't have a choice in this answer. You know what's weird though is we need to do another pot. We need to have another situation where we don't have a preview because the one podcast we didn't have a preview, Miguel Almer got his first assist. <laughs> so mm. it's it's a weird conundrum. So it, it actually, if we keep doing this podcast, Miguel might never score. So the Boxing Day match that's going to be the one, isn't it? I think so. Maybe, maybe it's based off of American think. holidays. Yeah. So his. Boxing Day. I, I love the Boxing Day match because um, I don't I actually don't even know why Boxing Day is a holiday in the UK, but I just know that like I have work or school off this year. I have work off, and it's just like my family doesn't want to do anything, so I just get to watch Newcastle, and there's like no interruptions. It's great. I love Boxing Day. It's the <laughs> best. It, and like also, there's just so many matches on, and then after Newcastle, because you Newcastle's in the morning, and after that, I get a full slate of college football. So it's a perfect situation. Fantastic. But yes, so we're done with that question. I have some questions for Greg, um, and I guess I can answer them too. Um, and these, we so in the beginning of the episode, we talked about you know the next 100 episodes. So we're gonna do a little bit of reflecting on our previous 100 episodes. Uh. And so Greg, first up. What is your favorite moment from the past 100 episodes um, of this podcast? So, outside of the obvious of, like, the live show in Denver, interviewing Warren Barton. Which, I, to be fair, if you, so if you're new to this pod, because I know we've picked up some listeners since then, that probably was the peak of our podcast. We did a live show, uh, the Toon Army, Toon Army Meetup. Shout out to the Toon Army Denver folks. Um, and Warren Barton was a live special guest. We met him in person. He is easily one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And so, I mean, that was that was a great moment for us um, and just a great moment in my life overall. I'm sure Greg has the same uh, feelings. I mean, especially since Greg texts Warren and <laughs> brags about it all the time. Yeah. And the fact that, like, if you know Greg and you're a Newcastle fan, you know that he texts Warren. Yeah, yeah, like, if you just need to know something, I'll just text him. Um, oh, gosh. No, no, no big deal. No big deal. He's just <laughs> texting a Newcastle club legend. Uh, also a Fox commentator. So, outside of those, because those are the obvious, yeah. like, ones, the, w- there was a scare on this podcast. We almost okay. canceled the podcast. Okay. Uh, and it was Newcastle United... We started the podcast, and they went 10 matches without a win. And we were yeah. nearly at episode 20. 
yeah, before dude. they won their first match, and we that opened the podcast with celebrate good <laughs> that was... because they won a game, and we said, "Well, I can't remember how many games we put it at, but we said if they go this many matches without winning, this podcast is done." And yeah, because we thought we were the curse. They pulled it off. Yeah, <laughs> and that's going to be the highlight. <laughs> it's just. Newcastle winning their first match so we could talk about a win after like doing the podcast for like two and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. I, f- yeah. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. Mine is is not at all similar to that. Um, so Greg alluded to this earlier, but if you've been listening since day one, I know there's a few of you. Um, shout out to you guys. Um, honestly, shout out to Ross in America. He's one of those people. Um, and Toon Army Denver, they're like that whole crew um, our folks who've been listening to the beginning, you know that Greg and I have both had moments where we've had things come up and, um, you know, we've either had to do a solo pod or we've had substitution pods um, with different people. Um, I know some people like the Chris McGlynn, Elijah Newsom reunion um, from the old CHN radio uh, Facebook days, not sorry, CHN live Facebook days. But one of my favorite moments was when I decided to do a sub pod because um, Greg was traveling, I think, because Greg moved, which made a whole, that was a whole ordeal. I think this was, I think this is when it actually happened when you moved, Greg, to Las Vegas. Um, I did a sub pod with, with Brian, and he said, quite possibly, the hottest take of, like, Newcastle. Coldest. Hish, like, <laughs> not even, it's not a cold take, it's a hot take because, like, Literally, no one else was thinking this. That's what makes it a hot take. It's like a cold take is something that like everyone's thinking. This is a hot take because like no one in their right mind would ever think this. But Brian Nelson seriously suggested, and Brian Nelson, who is our site manager for coming to Newcastle, who like if you're a site manager, people assume that you have a very high knowledge of the club. He said Mo Diame should play on the wing and that DeAndre Yedlin should be a defensive midfielder. And that was just, like, I think on this podcast, that is the only moment I've ever been speechless. Because I, I'd like, if you listen to that pod, like, I literally, I, I was shocked that he said that. Like, I had no response to that. And it was just wild. And it's it's one of my favorite moments. Um, just because of that, I, I don't think there's been a moment in this podcast I've been speechless besides that That moment. was the first time that we ever got, like, criticism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually did. They're like, we why got did actual you criticism. ever put that person on a podcast? Yeah. And if you've noticed, we haven't had Brian on since. <laughs> Love you, Brian. But, I mean, the people have spoken. Um, here's another one for you. Um, what has been the biggest life event that has occurred in this past 100 episodes for you, Greg? Uh, Newcastle stayed up. I'm joking. That's the biggest, I, like, I mean, your, your life revolves around Newcastle. It's actually, it's texting Warren Barton. That's, that's, <laughs> no, for real, it's, uh, I moved from yeah, you Atlanta did move. to Las Vegas. Yeah, which is wild. Um, yeah, so I moved, and I actually did a podcast on that move. It was in, uh, it was in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. That was wild. I was in you a hotel, and my, my wife made an appearance on that podcast. She did. That was one of the first Chrissy appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, For me, I got a job. <laughs> yeah. I, I work at a marketing firm now. Um, When I started this podcast, I was, when Greg started this podcast and invited me on, 
Let's be we real. We started this podcast. We did. Um, I was a master's student at Florida State. Um, and then from there, I went on to a period of job searching, which if you ask Greg, it was very stressful. I was freaking out a ton. And then I got a job offer um, just through just like the craziest type story. And if you want to hear about it, DM me or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was just big for me. Um, yeah. And here's another one for you, Greg. Uh, what is the best, like, oh, okay. Let's do this. What is, what was your favorite episode? Um, and if you don't have an answer, I had, I do have an answer. Well, it's a live, it's a live show. Okay. That, that's, that's up there for me. Um, as an alternate, I think that's everyone's favorite. Um, as an alternate, I would say when you and I when so Greg had already moved from Atlanta. So little backstory, if you're new ish to the pod, uh, Greg and I both when we started this podcast, Greg was in Atlanta, and I was in Florida. I was in Tallahassee. So there was this whole talk of like because Tallahassee and Atlanta are not very far apart, and I go home frequently. Um, I went home frequently. That there was like we could meet up, we could like all this other stuff. And essentially what happened was we this that whole year we did not meet up until the live the live show with Warren Barton. Like I literally never re- met Greg after 2 <laughs> years of knowing Greg and literally living in the same city of him. I just never met him. Um and then after Greg moved, um <laughs> we he came back, he came back to Atlanta for a wedding and yeah. we did and yeah. I went over to your brother's apartment and we did a live show there. Yeah. And that was, was my favorite episode. Yes. <laughs> it was just it was just like so random. Like Greg texted me, he's like, I'm in Atlanta this weekend. Let's just do the let's do a show. Like he he, he like came in on a Thursday and I we did the show on a Thursday, like Thursday evening, and like for some reason I was there and it was like it was so random. But like it happened and it worked and it was it was cool. And yeah. it was the, our second live show together, and it was it was great. Chrissy it's made so much. As well. It's so much better doing it in person, like next to each other. So <laughs> yeah, but Chrissy now we live like yeah. I'm in essentially Russia to your England, yeah. Um, as far as distance goes, but I think that should be it. I think yeah. that concludes 100, Elijah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been it's been a journey, and it's cool to get to this milestone of 100. And it's been one. Thank you, Greg, for um, in the beginning just reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, do you want to do this?" and allowing me to come on this and host this with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great. Um, and shout out to Brian for allowing us to kind of take this um, and run with it and all that kind of stuff. And all the folks at SB Nation, John, Jeremiah, none of these folks are listening, but thank you to all of them. Um, it's yeah. been great it's been a wonderful moment of my week i look forward to doing this every thursday and every monday um and it's just been really good and a lot of fun and greg and i have developed a really dope friendship because of it and it's super cool and obviously thankful for all of our fans who somehow in some way keep listening and keep giving us feedback and keep tweeting at us and keep giving us the three words and keep messaging us and it's just been a lot of fun and when when we started this whole thing, I think our expectations were relatively low, and it's just been cool to see the growth and the opportunities that have come from it, um, from 
the interviews we've done to the stories we've broken to the people we've met it's just been great and uh it's cool and so yeah i don't know it's been a lot of fun Greg, well said oh okay well, well said and especially yeah thank you to the listeners because y'all are awesome uh our, our goal is eventually this is just one big fun little community um and we want we want to be the 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 area where North Americans listen to Newcastle news and we can all watch games together and make fun of stuff and not take everything too seriously Yeah, and just enjoy it all. So we appreciate it. Um, so I'll close out then. So ladies and gents, that concludes episode 100 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn co-host in the land. Elijah Newsome. And this is the best damn song in the land. Coming home to Newcastle. Written for us. Astrid. Away the last. Hey, we love you guys. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St. James's Park At the Gallagher